don't say it very. I don't. You don't say it very often, if at all. Yeah, it's true. I didn't. I used to do it, and then I just stopped. I don't know. I don't really want to make the podcast about me, so I just decided right, to right. do it very often. Um, well, nice to meet you, Morgan. Oh, nice to meet you too. Uh, did you tell me that uh, you want to go by an alias? You don't want to use your real name. That would be fabulous because nobody oh. really knows <clears throat> about us. You can use his name, whatever. That doesn't matter. I mean, it's public not public record anyway. Yeah. Okay. I but, was... our, but our names are not anywhere in in the staff that's filed with him. So. Oh, I see. Okay, and. Uh... So yeah. did you have a, a, a preferred alias you'd like to use? Do you have a favorite name that is not your name? <laughs> um, you, let's see. I don't know. That's a tough one. How about Sarah? Sarah? Okay. All right. Sarah. Yep. Yeah, I'm just, what I'm going to do for you for a second, I'm just going to pull that article you sent me because I can't remember his name now. Um Okay. And I can also get you his uh, indictments. Um, I haven't read them all because they're horrible. So, yeah, but I can are. get those to you if you want. I mean, this guy is absolutely diabolical. He's just. Um, you have no idea. Okay. You have no idea. So, I'm going to start by you know, going to the introduction now. So, I'm talking to Sarah. Okay. Not her, I'm talking to Sarah, not her real name, but she's. Uh, She's had a pretty uh, traumatic experience of late. Uh, she's learned that the husband that she thought uh, was above board uh, and was looking out for her best interests and her daughter's best interests turned out to be sexually abusing both girls. And um, it turned out actually that he has a long history as a serial offender when it comes to these kinds of crimes um his name is, is now is it trevor rome bouts or is it wombouts which one is the alias it's wombouts okay and he's originally from australia and uh yeah and some of the things he's done are pretty heinous i mean i read that his youngest victim when he was still living in australia was two weeks old i mean that's that's just absolutely that's diabolical yeah and uh, so did we he? We didn't find out. I didn't find out about that until oh, last year. Last year, and uh, was that why last he moved year. to? Was that why he moved to America? He was never prosecuted there, but they found out about it. Well, that's a, that's a whole another ball because um, he was actually, actually he's not. He was, I was never married to him. Oh, we you just weren't. lived together, so never married to the man. <laughs> Well, that's good. Um, so anyway, he came over here in about, I want to say like 1997, mm -hmm. and he married a woman who uh, later became his wife. He has two kids by her, but she also had two children when he came over here. Um, and her daughter, her youngest daughter was a baby, just a few months old whenever he came over here. And she had a son uh, that was a little bit older. But she, he was married to her for about 10 years. And yeah. I got a divorce. And um, it was about a year after my divorce. And I had met him on a one of those stupid dating sites mm -hmm. back in 2007. 
And, you know, I, I'm in the legal field. I've been doing the, I've been a paralegal legal assistant for over 25 years now. Mm-hmm. I knew what to look out for. I knew what to check. At the time I met him, he was actually working for a sheriff's office in a little town in Texas and also was an EMT. Wow. Now, I don't know about there, but I would have, I know whenever I did my EMT, my background was checked. Yeah. But I'm assuming back, I'm assuming back in that time that, you know, maybe they didn't ha- have, I mean, obviously it wasn't, the internet wasn't as prevalent on all the, the searches you can do or whatever. Um, the most I could do was, you know, look in the United States and um, every state he was in, I looked. Every state he had told me he lived in, I looked for criminal records. I mean, I did, I had two little girls. I, I you know, my oldest was um, nine and my youngest was three. And I, specific, I was, I was vigilant on this. Mm-hmm. And so um, we started dating and uh, we, uh, he ended up moving in, I don't know, two or three months later. And, you know, he's not the greatest looking guy in the world. Um, but he was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. He was very learned. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't looking for really that kind of a romantic relationship anyway at that point. It was too soon. I'd been married for 13 years before that. And um, at that point... Um, when I got, my husband had left me the year before. We got a divorce. Um, we had built a house in San Antonio two years before that, before he decided he was like, oh, I'm done. And we'd also bought a new car. Well, on top of that, you know, he left me with all that to, to, tend to figure out. I was also in a place where I had no kind of support system. My, my family was not there. Um they were all in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so I was married when I was 18 years old. And this was, a, I was like 32. And this was the first time I'd ever been by myself as an adult. And I had two children to raise. And I had all these bills. I made a good living, but it was a two-income household. And mm-hmm. before long, the bills were falling behind or whatever. But I was, I was, I was paddling. I was dog paddling in life. Yeah. I was making it. Well, here comes Trevor, and, you know, by all intents and purposes, you know, he is a very likable guy. As I've told everybody, he can sell ice to Eskimos. Mm-hmm. And um, so he had just broken up with his wife, uh, and I had I had asked him about that. I was like, so, hey, where, where's your, where are your kids? I knew he had two kids. And he said, I don't know. They've run off somewhere. She's taken them to parts unknown in um, Maine or somewhere up north, and he didn't know where they were. And so I was like, well, that's weird. And I kind of of questioned him some more about it. And uh, finally, you know, he was like, I just don't know. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's that. And it was kind of a sore subject anyway. And I'd... And obviously, I didn't know he was Australian until I talked to him on the phone for the first time. And I didn't talk to him on the phone probably until, I don't know, two or three weeks after we'd been messaging back and forth email. And then when I talked to him, I was like, holy smokes. 
I was like, ooh, you aren't from around here, are you? Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you can definitely tell he has, he has that Australian accent. And um, I hear it today off of anybody, and it just makes my skin crawl. Um, but anyway, uh, so he ended up moving in with me and the girls um, probably about two or three months after we started dating. And, you know, he got a job immediately. I mean, it was a great job. And, you know, he was doing everything. You know, he seemed to be this great, upstanding guy. The girls seemed to like him. Everything was good. Um, and so my family had a... Now, I was raised by my great-grandmother. So I need, I need to put that out there because this, it might explain a few things. I try not to... It's not an excuse for what has happened, but I never knew what a real dad should look like. Mm-hmm. Not to say that anything was overt, that there was anything untoward that I saw. That wasn't the case. It was just, you know, I. what does a dad look like? What What do they do? Because I don't have a clue. I never had one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had one, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, so my grandmother passed away when I was, that raised me passed away when I was 21. So basically I had extended family in Oklahoma and they were, they offered to help me with the girls or whatever. And so Trevor ended up coming with me. And so we moved back to Oklahoma. And when I was in San Antonio, I worked for an international law firm, a huge law firm. And, um, and then I went back to Oklahoma and I went and the first law office that had ever hired me, hired me back. It was, it was kind of a culture, it was kind of a huge letdown to go from this big, powerful position to back where I started from, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I got down in the dumps, and I was, I was burnt out in the legal field, and he was like, well, why don't you go get your EMT? I was like, okay. So I went and did that, and I got, I got certified, <clears throat> and I got hired to do 911 dispatch in a county by uh, Tulsa. And um, so I started doing that. Well, I started working overnight. Now, this time, by this time, Trevor and I had been together almost a year. <clears throat> and um, nothing, no warning signs, no nothing. Well, one, thing, just, one, you know, one thing I know about that. Uh, Trevor along, making a oh, great sorry. living. So, huh? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say one thing I've read about victims of child sexual abuse is that there's often a change in their disposition. Did your girl's behavior change in any way around this time? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, you know, I, I look back so many times and I have questioned, I mean, it's like I go through minute by minute as much as I can um, because it did happen. The day could happen was 2007 to 2012. Because we broke up in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just found out about everything to the extent it happened last year. Wow. And it 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 devast it's it's devastated me. I, I'm getting better. And mm-hmm. my daughter, you know, she's amazing. But I think I think it happened whenever I was working overnight, whenever I was doing dispatch. That's what happened, and my family was there. My family saw him. I looked him. Um, 
there were no warning signs at all. Nobody, nobody said anything. Nobody thought anything, you know, and, and he ended up getting a better job and he was, you know, he was making 10 grand a month there at one point. And, you know, he had all these friends. I mean, guys, guys would get, he did a, he did a lot of work on Mustangs. Mm-hmm. So I, I did the dispatch for about a year and I was like, okay, I'm done. Done because it was overnight and I was like, I'm ready to go back to the law office. Well, I couldn't understand because he was, he got kind of upset with me and I couldn't never understood why mm. until now. But, uh, so I went back to the law office. We moved. I mean, I was a very attentive mother. I mean, we were in one of the best school systems in Oklahoma. He even went and read stories to, to, to my daughter's, uh, school classroom. Mm. He had, you know, he had more friends than me. And, you know, we both, we both, uh, I broke up with him and, um, in 2012 and I moved on and, um, <laughs> at the time, you know, basically what it amounted to at that point, he turned my entire extended family that I had left against me. How do you do that? Saying I was crazy. Mm. He was, he told them I was crazy that I was uh, trying to rip him off. I was trying to steal from him. I was, all this stuff, I was keeping him from the girls. And I was like, I, I didn't really, I haven't, I didn't put all this together until the past couple years. But that's what had to have happened because my family just turned their back on me. They wouldn't even talk to me at all. And uh, I even heard through the grapevine that, um, my grandmother, who, not the one that raised me, but my mom's mom, at lunch one day said, you know, I was wondering when she was going to fuck that relationship up. God. Like, wow, okay. And, you know, to this day, they have not, they know about it, and they're like, oh, gosh. But it's like, like with a lot of people, you don't think it'll ever touch you until it does. Yeah. And, you know, I was that person. I was that person thinking that will not happen if I am diligent, if I do what I'm supposed to do, if I check them out to the nth degree. And there was, I had, um, I'm not saying, so we, so we broke up, I'm sorry, we broke up in 2012. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff started happening and I kind of was questioning what the hell was going on. So I finally tracked down his ex-wife, mm-hmm. the one he said that was parts unknown. I checked, I found her on Facebook and she, um, I messaged her and, um, told her what was up and she, you know, after some time she messaged me back and, um, we started talking and at this point, <clears throat> Kendall was about, Kendall was, <laughs> please block that out, please. She was about 12. And um, she was exhibiting, you know, some unusual things on, like, uh, Instagram, uh, inappropriate messages to different people. Such as? Um, <clears throat> such as, you know, there were very explicit stories. 
sexually had, explicit? Yeah. With people she, yeah. If she had no business, you know, talking to people she didn't even know about. I, I just, it was happenstance, and I found out about it one Christmas. And I was looking through her phone, and I was like, holy crap. And so that's when I started questioning it. And she was, how old and at that point? I was, she, at this point, she was about 12. We had been away from him for um, a while. 12, God. We had been away from him for, let's see, maybe about 2017. So about five years. Wow. And nobody, I mean, I had even asked, I'd even asked her, you know, I'd asked her, you know, nothing ever happened with it. And with anybody, not, I didn't name him specifically, but with anybody. And, you know, I talked to my girls about that. Nobody, I was very open if anybody ever hurt them Mm -hmm. or touched them inappropriately. I was very open with the girls and always told them, then you just come immediately to me, no matter what they said. But like I said, he was really good. Um, so about that, it was about 2012, and I saw her phone, and I, I was like, whoa, yeah, this is not good. And so um, there was a there was an investigation. It, DHS was called. She had told her friend something, and her her friend's mom called, and there was an investigation. Then, well, I thought it was. Um, what she said was it was the guy I was dating, it was his son that was inappropriately touching her. And I thought that it might come out then, in 2017, that it was also Trevor because an investigation was done, police were involved in, you know, my daughter and my boyfriend's son had been, I don't know, they were more brother and sister than anything else because they had we had been, I guess we'd been together about four years by then, so they were, there's like a year and a half separating the two. Mm-hmm. So I, I really didn't know what had gone on, or, you know, I thought it might have to do with Trevor then. Well, it's time to find out it was my, now, ex, <laughs> ex-boyfriend's son that she was, she had accused of uh, touching inappropriately, which I immediately kicked them to the curb, and that was that and um but I thought at that point it might come out and I asked the social worker because whenever a uh, an abuse allegation comes up your child has to be what they call um what is it a forensic interview that's what they call it here and that's that's where a social worker is in a room with just your child and then there's a police officer and another social worker where that will where the child can't see them, mm-hmm. and they the social work they talk to one another to get them to they're trained to get them to say what they need to say, and it, it takes a while. I I there were, I don't I wasn't allowed I wasn't allowed to know what was all said. Of course, maybe I was, but um. They came back out probably, they talked to her for about two, two hours, and they had told me and started telling me, and I was like, well, nope, <laughs> I don't want to know anymore, it's fine, you know, and they were like, okay, well, the son needs to leave the residence tonight, and I was like, okay, and then I asked, I said, did she say anything about Trevor, and she was like, no, I was like, okay, so I kind of had a sigh of relief at that point, 
please. And um, so anyway, we ended up moving uh, to Illinois at the end of that year. And after all that, I got her in this counseling. Um, there's some really good, there's, in Illinois, they have free, free counseling for anybody that's been sexually abused or raped. And um, it's also for the family. So I was able to get counseling and she was able to start counseling. And through that period, um, she was, she was able to, to, it took about, let's see, took about almost a year for her in the counseling, um, for her to be able to tell me what happened with her and Trevor. And it was last August, and she she did a video for me, and the video is almost thirty minutes long. And what she said was just she never did go into very much detail, but she said, you know, I felt more like her his girlfriend than you did. That's just the way it was. So there must have been a lot of grooming just, involved. Huh? Did he employ like tactics of child grooming to sort of make her feel like she was complicit in the whole thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know to what extent, but he had told her, you know, he never threatened her. He never threatened her with harm, not physical harm. He had said that, you know, you know, how's your mom going to make it without me if I have to, if you tell somebody they're going to make me go away and, you know, your mom's going to, what's she going to do? Mm -hmm. And so that's how, that's, that was what they used. And I was like, I am not a helpless individual here. I've, I've been okay. You know, there's been bumps in the road, but I land on my feet. You know, it's not like I, I can't take care of them or my, not myself either. Um, but that's how he kept them where they were. And um, I don't know. I really didn't think anything. I thought my oldest was old enough to tell me if something was happening. And I think maybe he, um, he might have tried a couple of times with her. Um, but it wasn't to the extent that it was with Kendall and um, it was from the time she was three until let's see probably eight seven or eight didn't he abuse one of them like on a nightly basis for a while like a year and a half or something like that I think, I, I think so I think it was that year that I was uh, doing 911 dispatch when I was doing overnights because after that, after I got back into legal work, um, there wasn't much of an opportunity for for that to happen without me knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I he had a he had a work van. He did heat and air heat and air conditioning and appliance repair. He had a van. It happened there whenever he would take her, 
you know, you would say they're going to Walmart or whatever. It's something innocuous, not even thinking, giving her a second thought. And she said it would happen there. And, you know, I, for my own, I don't know to what extent. I mean, I, I looked back and I'm like, okay, when did this happen? Where was I? Where was I at? What did I miss? I mean, we had a next door neighbor who who was it was a couple, and um, she was my best friend, and her husband was Trevor's best friend. And so, I mean, I didn't talk to them after we broke up because it kind of felt awkward. And um, I I called her after all this came out, and I was like, "What did I miss? What did I miss?" And she was like, nothing, not a damn thing. And, you know, that's, that's the, my, I rock my brain all the time. And my therapist, I'm sure, is ready to hang me because she was like, you know, evil comes in all shapes and sizes. And this guy is one of them, that's for sure. Um, he, he got married again after... We broke up about, I don't know, probably about six months after we broke up. He got married to one of my daughter's friend's mom. Now, I think think there comes a time where he doesn't like to mess with them anymore because I think they get too old for him. And I think that age is about 10 10 or 11. 10 or 11. Because, uh, yeah. Because after he got married to her, and he was... He was very prejudiced against against uh, African Americans. I mean, very, very prejudiced. I mean, he was, and his wife, his new wife's daughter, was half African American and half Caucasian. And so I, you know, I know that she was also interviewed, and nothing ever came of that. And um, so, you know, after Kendall told me. Oops, after my daughter told me, um, after I saw the video, you know, I I kind of uh, went on autopilot for a while. Just, I couldn't cry. I couldn't laugh. I, I had, I was like numb. And to say that I didn't think I, my life was worthless, yeah, I did. And but I had to, I had to be there for her too. When, uh, when you broke and up with, so, uh, when you broke up with uh-huh. Trevor, uh, how did your your daughters react when you broke up with Trevor? Were they, did were they relieved? Uh, what kind? How did they seem to react to it? They, they were, they just wanted me to be happy. Basically, is what they told me. I mean that. Uh, my oldest, you know, was in high school, um, and of course, our income went down considerably, and so she was upset about that, but that was, you know, she wasn't able to keep the lifestyle she was used to living there for a while, and my daughter, my youngest, she was, you know, it was it, it wasn't anything, I mean, I just, I... You know, the only thing, only thing different for her, I mean, from her, I mean, 
she's a loving child and very open and laughing and has a ton of friends. And the only thing I can say that now looking back, hindsight being 2020, was that she did have learning difficulties mm-hmm. when she started kindergarten. And she's still mad at me to this day that I held her back one year. But now hindsight being 2020, I'm, I'm not so sure that that things that were happening didn't have something to do with that. How are they but do- I, I don't know. How are they doing now? Uh, is there any um, PTSD, any kind of after effects of the, the trauma? Um, my oldest, you know, she, uh, she acted out, you know, um, during her college years. She graduated from college and a few years ago. She's married. Um, you know, she's in therapy and she's working through her issues. Kendall and I are still in therapy. Um, after she told me, um, she, uh, she'd come, she'd come home some night crying from school because if, if somebody came behind her and made a loud noise or tried to scare her, it absolutely, she would fall to the ground shaking and crying. And that, that's just part of the PTSD. It's just one of the many wonderful side effects of that. You know, she's very, she's very anxious for a while. Um, she had a depression phase for a while. Um, also, she, uh, you know, she didn't know whether she liked girls or boys. Mm-hmm. And we're still dealing with that. But she, uh, which is very, I could see this. I mean, she was very, didn't want anything to do with boys. And I was like, I, shoot, I wouldn't either. Um, so, but being where I was from, from, I was from the Bible Belt. Um, you know, not to, not to say that I have anything against it. It's A-OK with me. You know, be who you want to be and whatever makes you happy. I mean, she, there were several times she was like, Mom, if I'm gay, it, I mean, is it going to change how you feel about me? And I was like, darling, no. Why would it? You're still you. Mm-hmm. And that's who I love. And so, you know, we've, we've had that. Um, you know, uh, now, I mean, as the time that it progresses on and she gets older, um, you know, there's not... So after she told me, she I asked her what she wanted me she wanted to do. Now, when you're in in this kind of counseling, they tell you that ninety four percent of all sexual abuse cases are not prosecuted, or, and there's not shit done, nothing. And so, and also meeting in the legal field, I knew a little bit more what would happen if she decided to press charges and whatever. And so I, I sat, sat her down and I, I told her all the, the bad things that could happen. And, you know, the very slim possibility that, you know, something might happen, something might not happen. And I let her decide. I, I said, I need you to think about it. You know, sleep on it a couple of days. And so she did. And she was like, Mom, I, I want to press charges. Mm-hmm. Which... She is absolutely my freaking hero. 
That's because right. that is that is something so few kids do, and there's they just need to because there's so many predators out there that do this, and maybe if a kid had a voice and thought and felt safe to come forward, that you know this is this has come along this has gone a long way to help her heal. Yeah. Because now she had it, she got a little power back. And so we called the police officers here where we live, and um, they got in touch with the police officers in Tulsa. And an investigator started investigating. And so I, whenever they started investigating, I was like, I told them, I was like, hey, is there any way you can like look overseas? Check his record out because I something I have a feeling something might be back there. I don't know if there is, but something because I said he hasn't been back over there since he's been back since he's been in the states since the ninety seven. And I said there's something wrong with that. And so, um, so he did. Well, I never did. You know, he asked me questions and um, had me fill out some forms and whatever. I didn't really hear back from any from him. Now I did tell him about Trevor's ex-wife, and when I talked to her and I had suspicions back in nine, 2017, she said yes, he did. A, he her oldest daughter had told her that he had also abused her daughter too. Now. When she said that, I think she thought maybe it was a couple of isolated incidences, and that was that. Mm. Well, I had told the detective. I had asked her. I said, you know, can I tell the detective about this? Can I can I give him your number? Yada yada yada. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. But my daughter doesn't want to talk to him. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll tell him that. And so I guess the detective did get a hold of her and talked to her and her and her daughter. Also, talked to the detective, and you know, in between this, this is now three girls. Their stories pretty much mirrored one another, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the the detective probably was putting a hard press on his ex wife. Now you have to understand, she was married to the man for ten years, and she had two kids with him, and her daughter that was abused was a few months old when he came over to the States. Um, so I didn't know about what they had found in Australia until she called me, she called me out of the blue and she was like, what the heck? She was crying and just sobbing and she was like, what the hell did you tell them? And I was like, what do you mean? Hold on, wait. And I was like, I didn't tell him anything he didn't want me to or didn't, didn't say I could. I was like, what is going on? And she was just like heaving. I mean, I could barely, barely get any, understand what she was saying. And he, she was like, he's been doing this. He's been doing this since 1990. And I was like, what? He's been doing this since 1990. And that's all she could, she would tell me and she was just, traumatized. Well, after that, I called the detective and I was like, what is going on? What did you find out? 
And that's when he told me about the two-week-old baby and the their brother and sister over in Australia in 1990. And now I, then I understood. I was like, his ex-wife had to come to the realization that his her daughter was probably abused by this man for many, many, many years. And uh, did he, when it came time to, oh, sorry, when it came time to press charges, um, did he try to weasel out of it? Did he plead not guilty, or how did that oh, yeah. So, um, he, so, it went to, all this started back in October of last year, and he was asked to come in for an interview, for questioning, um, in December, I think. Now, you know, he, he tried to snow them, too, and saying I was just bullshit, and my daughter's bullshit, everybody's bullshit, that we were just lying for whatever reason. And so the detective's like, okay, well, come on in. Well, he didn't come in, and um, so um, after, I asked the detective to call me if he came in that day. Well, he didn't call me, and... Um, he, called, he didn't call me that day, and he called me a couple days later, and he was like, um, yeah, he fled the state. I was like, what? And so by then, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, if he takes away, but he could very easily figure out where I'm out of my family still has contact with him. Yeah. And so I was, yeah. I was flipping out, and so I tried not to think about it, put it out of my mind. And my daughter Googled him one day. It was about February sometime of, was it just, yes, 2020. <laughs> and she brought up this article where he had been arrested. And he had been arrested in Missouri, <clears throat> which uh, he was uh, brought in by uh, the uh, U.S. Marshals since it was over state jurisdiction. And they also knew that this county in Missouri that he was in likes to press charges themselves for having, for them being in their county while they're evading arrest. Mm. Well, during that time, after they're pressing charges, they'll set this really dinky bail. Well, they'll post the bail and then they'll be the parts unknown before anybody's the wiser. And, um, they were telling me about a murderer from California that had happened. Like, I can't remember the guy, guy's name, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, the tech, they knew this, so that's why they got the marshals involved. And it was pretty, it was pretty amazing the way they did it. But uh, from what I heard, he had uh, rented this big, huge house in Missouri um, and would not, didn't leave it, never left it had all his stuff ordered in, and he had a plant repair business, and I'm not sure who the girl was that he was with, but it was a, it was a girl in her 20s that he was there with, and I, I have no idea. I don't know much about her. But anyway, she was there, and she, he would give her cash and tell her to go buy laptops at Best Buy. So she did, and um, she'd bring him back, and... Um, I don't know, a few days later, she would he would give her a lot of cash and say, I need you to be gone for, you know, X amount of hours. And this is how I think they 
I, this is all supposition on my part. It's not been con confirmed by anybody. But from what I've pieced together from different things I've heard from different people, um, I think they found him on the black web. Mm -hmm. um, because on, I think, you know, he, she would come back to the house after that set amount of time and he would have five to $10,000 in cash on him and all the computers would be gone. Oh. So I, I I'm making the leap that there was probably child porn on those, on those laptops and he was selling them on the web, duck web. Yeah, probably. That's just that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That's just my, from what I've pieced together, there's no confirmation of that right now, but that's how I think they found him because otherwise he was off the grid. Well, yeah, and why else and would he just go and I buy a bunch of laptops, you know? Huh? Why else would he go and buy a bunch of laptops, to, you know? Yeah, that's the only thing I can figure out. And he was, I just shake my head and I'm like, can it get any worse? I mean, good mm -hmm. Lord. Um, but they took him in and he was, he was uh, charged with four different felonies, one for, two for each of my, da my daughters. And his bill was set at $250,000. And that was in February. Um, we, uh, we thought we were going to have to go to trial. And pre-trial was coming up, I think it was in June. And um, we were doing it remotely because of COVID and all that. And we were sitting there waiting to testify. And he, he decided to pass his, his uh, preliminary hearing. Now, the charges that he, were, he was levied with, two of them had a maximum penalty of life in prison. Mm. The other two maximum penalty was, I think, 20 years each. I was... <laughs> and uh, the... Uh, DA had called me and he was like, you know, what, what do you think about a plea? And I was like, okay, well, if that would be best for my daughters and me for that matter. And, but I said, you make sure he dies there because mm -hmm. he never, that's, that's what I want. And, um, he came back and he was like, you know, we offered him 20 years. Yeah, he's 53, I think, right now. And, um, you know, I was not happy with it, but then I was like, okay, well, he has to serve 85% of that. Okay, we're, we're skirting on the line there. Um, you know, 70s. And uh, I, was, I wasn't, wasn't too happy with it, but I was like, okay, you know, it, it would be over and he would be, he would be in, in prison and you know hopefully i say hopefully but yeah i do mean that um prison justice i've heard about it i'm hoping it comes to fruition um because if he ever gets out he will do this again he will find a female who's vulnerable he has kids yeah. and he'll do this again i don't care how old he is and he will flash money, and he will flash, I mean, yeah. But he, uh, 
so he they went back and forth for a while and they came back with um I think they the, the lowest they would I think the DA stopped at like fifteen years. And I was like, Yeah, because I was putting my foot down on that. I was like, you less than that? No, we're not doing that. No. And um so they came back with that and it was agreed to he was gonna plead to that. I was like, Okay, great. And so we got Kendall wanted to make make a victim impact statement and she wanted to do it in prison whenever we first heard about the hearing. And um so we found that out I think and I think we found out that his sentencing was gonna be in November and September. So we had a couple of months. And during that time my daughter was writing her statement out and drafts and <clears throat> That's pretty traumatic for her. And there was a lot, took a lot more out of her than I think she thought it would. And so I was like, well, they, they'll, they'll tell the judge. They'll just write it out and they'll, uh, you know, they'll uh, leave it for you. And she was like, no, I don't want that. And during, the, during that time, <clears throat> it was coming up on the hearing date and the VA called me and I'm at work and he said, um, yeah, uh, you know, he had a little sad. He was like, he's still going to plead, but he wants to plead Nolo Pretendry. And I blew my my stack in the office. I, I immediately said, fuck no. And he was like, hold on, do you even know what that means? And I was like, yeah, I do. It means that he's not going to admit to a damn thing. He's going to say the state has enough evidence to convict him but he's not going to admit to nothing. And I said, that's bullshit. Is that, uh, and, is, that, um, is, that similar to, is that similar to Alfred? It's the same thing as the Alfred plea. It's just, it's just set, name something different oh, uh, yeah. in different states. The exact same thing as the Alfred plea. Which I don't really know what the difference is. I haven't figured it out. Um, whether he pled guilty or whether he pled that because if and when he gets out, he's he's going to have <clears throat> he's going to be a sex offender. He's going to have to be put put on the list <clears throat> in the United States, and he 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 also has ten more years. <clears throat> so he actually pled to twenty five years and all. Because after he gets out, so he has to he has to spend eighty five. He has to do eighty five percent of the fifteen years which is about 13 years from mm. uh, November. And then after he gets out on that, I'm hoping he's deported, but if he's not, he's going to be on probation for 10 years where he has to actually probably wear an ankle monitor and see his probation officer every month. Yeah. And the judge was very, yeah. very told him, he was like, she was like, if you even think about stepping out of line, you'll go back to jail. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I and so in the process of all this, you know, Kendall, I had to tell the DA told me that, and I was like, "There is no way. Nope, I am not going to tell my kid that's what he's doing. I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to do that because, yeah, no, I can't make that okay ever in any sort of way. No. And so I guess I guess they did. I guess they did, and I talked to her and. I said, baby, if, 
if I could get away with that, man, I would. I said, I don't know. This is the best we can do right now. I said, I, I, you know, she was all fired up and wanting to get do the, do the trial and go to trial. And I was like, you don't know what a trial would take out of you yes. or how much it might harm you. Like they might, tr might try to discredit her, which would be a whole new round of trauma, you know? Right. And that's, what, that's exactly what they would do. And I told her that. And, you know, I said, this is a lot more than we ever thought was possible. I said, he's going to be old. And I said, I told her, I was like, prison justice, hopefully it's a thing. And it'll all work out in the end, karma, whatever you want to call it. And um, you won't have to worry about him anymore. Um, but I have heard rumblings that he might, Australia might renew his... Uh, his case over there, I don't know. Um, but there's also a 10-year period where we don't know where the heck he was. I think they tracked him down to Belgium. Hmm. He might have been there for a while. After, from 1990 till about 97, seven years. Yeah. Like, we don't have a clue what that man was doing. And the funny thing is, I saw his passport, and I saw all this stuff, and it wasn't noted on that. I, You know, I thought... I don't know. I, you know, I think if he ever got out, he would take his name. He would, and he would disappear off the grid again. Yeah, probably. And, you know, we were just lucky enough to uh, be on his tail when he wanted to disappear uh, last year. Because otherwise, I mean, he would have been on the hunt for the next one. Mm. Um, actually, his wife, his wife that he's still married to, um, she uh, she was convicted of a felony also, aiding and abetting a child molester, because she took his computer from Missouri and was hiding it from the detectives. Oh boy, did she get? And they're like, yeah, no. Yeah, she 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 got charged with a felony, and she took a plea too uh, a couple of months ago. Oh wow! So I don't they, know. I was she convicted? She had never been convicted of anything. No. And I think her husband before Trevor, um, I think she, I think from what I had heard, he tried, he, he tried to murder her and her family. So. Oh, great. She like knows said, how to pick him, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, he goes after those, those kind of women. I mean, we're all, we either don't have a support system or, you know, we're, we're, we're vulnerable in some way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whether it be whether it be um, insecurity, insecure about looks, or insecure about who we are, that was never me. I mean, I told him like after a month after he moved. In, no, it was a week after he moved in. I was like, yeah, "This is. I'm not feeling this. I think we need to go move back to where you are." And you know, he was like, "I don't." He was, you know, we talked about it, and I, I told him, I was like, I'm never going to be able to love you the way you, you seem to love me. And I, I said, that's not fair. I said, maybe you ought to think about going back and yada, yada, yada. And he was like, you know, let's just be friends and just, you know, I want to help you out with the girls. And I want to help you out with, with, you know, not losing my house. And at the time, I, you know, 
he was a friend. He was he was my best friend for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to, yeah, it just scared me. I, I we didn't have much con- contact even after we broke up because it was a bad breakup, but um, for different purposes. But uh, you know, I was like I. Like I said, I've asked everybody. <laughs> did you? Uh, did your and family? Like did your fi- family finally? Huh? Come, did your family come around and realize he was wrong about you and all that? Um, not really. No. Um, I think too much water was was under the bridge by that point, mm. and there was no way for them to stay safe. Um. I mean, I talk to them. We have a relationship now. I mean, the, all that time, they they wouldn't talk to me. They didn't have me over at all, you know, and I was... And the thing is, you know, my cousin, um, who was very close in age to me, um, she is younger. She, her husband was working with Trevor very closely. And in fact, they... Tri- her husband considered Trevor like a dad to him. Mm-hmm. And they had a daughter. They had a baby daughter. And then they had another baby daughter a year or two after that. And then they had another baby daughter after that, a year or two after that. Trevor was still in their lives at that point. And um, Jake, he filed, her husband finally um, didn't work with him anymore. I don't know what the disconnect was, but if he didn't get to at least one of those girls, he was definitely grooming and setting them up for that. I that I firmly believe that. And uh, because it was just cute, huh? Sorry. And how how far along are you and the girls in terms of healing? Uh, have you has there been a lot of progress in that area? On what? Uh, in I terms think. of healing from everything that happened. Uh, oh. I mean, I know it affected you differently than it affected them, but how are you all coming along? Like, um, I, oh, I, I, I trust must be an issue. Go ahead. Yeah, trust must be an issue, for instance. Uh, yeah, all three of us have pretty huge trust issues. Yeah. Um. But we are, like I said, we're all in counseling. We're actually doing um, what's called BBT therapy, Cognit- diabolical behavior therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. Um, and it's fabulous, absolutely fabulous in how, in showing us how to work through it and how to work through our emotions and, and not keep them in until we explode. Because it's the absolute worst thing we could do. And I can see a change in my daughter, my young, my youngest, um, my oldest. I, unfortunately, she she lives twelve hours from me with her husband, who's in the Air Force. So, um, but our our relationship's getting better too. Ours was ours was definitely it was it was it was a lot rocky, and I think you know he had a lot to do with that in her teenage years. To what extent, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, we're working on that. 
So you're saying and that um, he turned you against them just like he did with your family? I, with my oldest, yes. I think, I think he had, I think he, I don't know, it was just because our relationship was very rocky, and I don't know if it was just because it was a mom and teenager or what, but, you know, like I said, we're still, we're still kind of working on those issues, it's baby steps with that, um, but my youngest, you know, I, I had to tell her the other, you know, I, I, I fear even, you know, wanting to hug her or love her because I don't want to hurt her anymore. And I've, I've, I've apologized to her so many times and she's told me, mom, you didn't know. You didn't know it wasn't your fault. And, you know, people can tell me that until I'm blue in the face, but I'm always going to blame myself. You know, that, that's my job as a mom. That's my only job is to keep them safe. And I failed. Um, and, you know, my therapist, she gets so mad at me. She's like, okay, so did you know about this stuff that was going on in us? I'd be like, no. Well, so you didn't allow it to happen? I was like, no, I didn't know. And she was like, so how is that, how is that your fault? And so, you know, I'm, I'm getting around to the point where I, I'm, I'm trying to push all the blame off me onto him where it rightfully belongs. Yeah. And I hadn't cried since I saw her video until the day he was sentenced and I appeared via, I was only on, on there telephonically, um, my, my youngest, after she found out that he, he was pleading no or, or, um, you know, the Alfred plea, she was like, I'm not going to do this. She was like, it's going to, it's going to, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. You know, he's not even admitting guilt. So she's, she's angry right now, I think. And she has every right to be. Mm -hmm. And so her and her sister went to Disney, Disney World in amongst all this mess that was going on. Yeah. So that's what, that's where they were when he was sentenced. And so I couldn't just let it go and not have somebody there to talk to the judge. And so that was me. Mm -hmm. And whatever, whenever um, he was, she was going through the motions and I, you know, I've forgotten that they, they read the indictment out in open court and she read like the first two sentences of the first one. And uh, I tried not to let her hear me, but I, I just lost it. I just, I just, all the emotion that I had, all the, for over a year almost, it just came out. And thankfully she muted the rest of it so I couldn't hear it. And I, I will say, I am so grateful for that judge to do that because just hearing what I did, you know, I, 
the only thing I can think, say that didn't happen to my girls was that he didn't rape them. Yeah. But um, everything else, I think, happened. But there's just something about some of those words said with, you know, your daughter's initials at open court that just... Yeah. It just tears your, tears your soul out. Um, well, did you have any... Did you have any um, sources of support besides your daughters? Like, did you ever end up meeting people who have been through this experience or friends or, or people you knew at the legal clinic? Anyone like that? Um, you know, no. After, um, during all this, um, I'm from a little town in Oklahoma. We got, I graduated with about 50 other people. Um, and so I ended up meeting uh, somebody I went to school with ended up messaging me on Facebook one day. And I had nothing to do with anything. It was just, he was just, he was going through a divorce and he saw I was going through a breakup and this was 90. 2017, and we didn't date. I knew him, but, you know, we, I couldn't even remember talking to him very much. And so we, we stuck up a conversation, and, you know, my uh, average on guys at that point was bad. Mm. <laughs> and um, and so I, I knew what this one was all about. I knew from, you know, from when he was wee high, I knew where, what his church beliefs were, I, you know, he was very predictable and very safe. And so I ended up moving to Illinois with him and we're still together to this day. Um, he has been an amazing support for my daughter. As you can as you can only think that I mean, she has very very bad chest issues and doesn't like to get near men figures or whatever and and my significant other has been very very supportive and very I just thank God for him every day because he has he has shown her you know what it's really supposed to be like yeah and you know what a dad is supposed to be like you know they're, they're bumping heads now as she starts dating and uh you know and all that and he, and she's like, is he mad at me? And I'm like, no, I think he's just, you know, he's just being a dad. I think he's just being an overprotective dad, but he's just being a dad. I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure, but, but uh, you know, and I, I'm glad for that they, that she's seeing something that's not so toxic, that's kind of almost normal and mundane. Um, but without, without his support and... Um, you know, it was pretty much me and my youngest for a while, and my oldest kind of was going her away. But if not for him, I, you know, just be me and her, and I, I don't know where we'd be right now. Actually, you know, it it was through the support and love, and and through our counseling and everything else that kind of brought all this forth. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, I told I told my youngest I was like. You can be proud that you stopped him from hurting anybody else. He will not be able to hurt another child. 
hopefully for, I hope he never gets the opportunity again. But we'll see. Um, but, you know, she's my, she's my hero. I mean, there's so many people who don't do that. Oh, and, for sure. And, you know, I said, you'd be proud of that. That is something absolutely that you're a superstar ever. Are you, uh, and, uh, optimistic, are you optimistic about the future uh, for yourself, for your daughters? Think, things, things will get better? Oh, yeah. The, the, the things will, things uh, they, they keep getting better, you know? Um, it's, we're, 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 very, we're very boring and normal these days. Um, you know, I put out, whenever we moved to Illinois from Oklahoma, um, I didn't understand this at first. I was like, you know, but okay, uh, when kids are abused, um, if you take, it's very traumatic. If you take them out of the state, they kind of open up. And she, after we moved from there and all the bad stuff, she kind of blossomed. It took a while, but she kind of blossomed out. And, you know, a lot of people who knew her back then probably wouldn't know her now. Because she's she's a totally different person. She's a wonderful, outgoing, caring person, and you know, we have a mutual hate yeah, <laughs> for yeah. that man. But you know, um, but we're not letting we're no longer his victims. Yeah. We are survivors. Yeah. She's a survivor, and that's what I tell her these days. You know, he doesn't have any more power over you, and he never will again. And I told her, I was like, I will make, I will go to that parole board and make sure he, he stays in there for 15 years. And you can too, for that matter. And, you know, there, there, there's just not any way I can see him getting out. I mean, he's not going to get out of that. He's not going to get out of the Oklahoma penal system until he serves his time. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, if the community finds out about what he did, they'll probably be rallied together to prevent it if they can. Yeah, it, it, I've been trying to find out if they segregate them or what the child molesters. I oh yeah, I've heard yes and I've heard no. I, so I don't know what might happen. But he was in the county jail, you know, almost well from February until just a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure where he's at. I know probably being processed in the Department of Corrections in Oklahoma right now oh, yeah. and getting ready to go to the penitentiary. Oh, so, um, so he was just sentenced to like a few days ago? A couple weeks ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago. It'll be three weeks ago tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it took a lot out of me. I'm just supposed to... The DBT, you're just supposed to let the, you're just supposed to set with the emotion. You don't do anything with it; you just let it be. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks because it was just I just didn't think it would affect me like that. Sure. Didn't think it would be that bad. Well, I mean, I hope but, uh, I hope you and your daughters get closure at least. From... That that was closure for me. Yeah. And that was closure for them. Um. They just wanted him behind bars and where he cannot be a threat to them or anyone else. So, but if I, if I, you know, even if he does get out, he's going to do what he does and he's probably going to leave the United States and just 
flink out like a slug, but hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll come to us. I have no idea. I wish I knew who it was in Australia so I could, you know, I, you know, they have to be grown now. Yeah. And I, I don't know any kind of details. Um, well, I hope he doesn't very become... few people know that he's been sentenced. I mean, that, whenever that hit the paper, I mean, it was international news. If you Google it, you're going to see all kinds of news articles during that time. Um, this was pretty on the DL, you know, whenever he was sentenced a couple weeks ago. So. Well, I hope he doesn't try to come to my country. <laughs> no, no, they. <laughs> Yes, let's keep him out of Canada. Yeah, yeah. And, we, but this is why I wanted to do this. I, I want his name out there. I want a Google, if somebody Googles him, I want a name to come up. It's very obvious he is Australian. Whenever he, he can't not, whenever he talks, there's no way you can tell he's not. Um, he's, he's, he's very... And he's very nondescript. I mean, he's very, you know, wise and reef. The other thing, he, he, uh, he was buying a heat and air conditioning business from somebody in Tulsa. And um, it was an older man, and he had had that business forever. And I guess Trevor was buying it off of them. Um, but there's a civil suit on that, I guess he owed him like $400,000. Um, but there's no telling how many people he actually like took money from and swindled. I think there's a, there's going to be some of that coming out too, because he was living in this house and he said it was under some old man's name. And this guy, this old, older man was giving him mustangs to sell and make redo. And I was like, it never made sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. But a lot of that came came about after we broke up. So um, I was glad to wash my hands of that. I was like, there's something fishy going on, but you know what? <laughs> Not my problem right now. So yes. But my 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 biggest my biggest thing is um, like shock is that his wife has not divorced him. If there were federal marshals on my doorstep telling me all this about my husband, my butt would be at that courthouse door the next morning filing yeah. divorce papers. Yeah, you could get an emergency divorce. I mean, it would be so easy to get a divorce. Yeah. yeah. Hell, I'd do the paperwork for her. Yeah. But she hasn't done that. She That's hasn't the, done that. That is odd, yeah. And I just kind of sh scratch my head. And I think... You know, he did have uh, a couple of businesses. The appliance, uh, he sold uh, appliance stuff to fix the appliance store, or like a parts store, appliance parts store. He had, he had one in Tulsa, and he had just opened one in Oklahoma City. And I think he probably transferred it to somebody, that girl, who he was with in Missouri. Um, I think he transferred ownership to her. So it, it, it couldn't be, you know, levied upon. And I think, you know, he, I think, I don't know, I don't know her role in all this, but uh, I think, you know, he may be able to get out and just pick right up where he left off. 
God, hopefully not. Well, because I always thought he was the, the luckiest son of a bitch I'd ever met. Sure. I was like, how does this happen? But yeah, his luck finally ran out. So. Yeah, he had a lot of help, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, or found somebody that wasn't as stupid as others, I guess. I don't know. Or, or more savvy or look, or just probably more suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just start looking and, you know, once I, once I have a bone, I'm going to look and I'm going to dig. Yeah. Until I find something. So... Yes, remember that yeah. name. Remember that name, everybody. Trevor Rombouts or Wombouts, whatever name that we going by in twenty years. And well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Sarah. I appreciate it, and I hope you and your girls hope you and your girls find uh, happiness and fulfillment in the rest of your lives. You deserve it, and you totally do not deserve blame for what happened. Well, thank you so much for saying so. All right, and we have a good start on that now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, I'll let you know. I, I'll probably be publishing the episode tomorrow. I just have to clean it up and just distort your daughter's name and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'll let you know uh, when I'm finished. I'm just gonna do it. Okay, sounds great. All right, take care. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Yeah, all right, bye. Bye bye.